Sam and I'm Diana and this is Merely Mortal episode three yes I'm pretty excited about this particular episode because my last story was a real big bummer it was the Itaewon Halloween crowd crush and that one was for me just a big bummer and I'm excited to tell this one it's a hero story and it's actually animal related and speaking of animals Sam I know that you had a pretty crazy morning prior to recording we had a little delay so what happened my cat got stuck on a fence it was very (laughs) upsetting she is my whole life and and she is really fat and she shuffled herself up. I didn't see her do it, but I've seen her fat cat shuffle. And she likes cute grips on with her claws and shuffles very slowly up whatever she's trying to climb. She's very fat. <laughs> like, <laughs> an important detail. She she is incapable of being like the really what are, what is it called when when cats are like really agile? She's agile. Yeah. So she got stuck on a fence, a really really high fence. So I couldn't get her. And it took a long time to get her down. Oh. And she's not an outdoor cat. She's an indoor only cat. So Oh, so she stressful. accidentally got outside. She's not supposed to be outside. No, I let her out on our little patio because it's very closed in and contained by these very high fences that they shouldn't be able to climb. And for some reason, she somehow got up there and now she's never going out there again. <laughs> yeah, I was even like wondering... Oh, is the fire department going to come just because it's that typical? Oh, the cat gets stuck in a tree, you know, situation. I really thought about it. I really (laughs) considered it. I was like climbing chairs. My roommate's a climber. So I grabbed her like climbing mat and I was like, jump onto this. Like, don't do this to me, Luna. (laughs) You're like, don't jump. You're like trying to talk her off the the ledge. (laughs) She was trying to climb to the other side. And I live in fucking Oakland. Like, you know. (laughs) You're like, girl, you need to get your ass down here. This is not a cat-friendly world. Well, (laughs) I think we're all glad that she's okay. Um, So that was my short survivor story. Yeah, that was was your cat survival story. I, you know, just had a pretty uneventful morning. I'm just sipping on my peanut butter latte. Uh, Peanut butter latte? Yeah, so real quick before I get into my story, my partner and I Matt, we went to Cozumel and it's an island just off of Playa del Carmen. Very popular for diving, snorkeling, and you know, he's really into that and we're really into, you know, ocean stuff. So I went and one of the things that's like popular there is like peanut butter coffee. And it's so freaking delicious. Like I can't even tell you just how good this shit is. And so I've been playing around and I think I like figured it out. And so I just put like peanut butter, like actual peanut butter, but like natural peanut butter with like not a lot of sugar, honey, coffee, and then almond milk. And I like blend it to like make it a little bit frothy, give it that like latte or like cappuccino vibe. And it's pretty good. Last night, my friends and I went karaokeing and one of my friends 
is like an exceptional singer. Okay. And they were just like, ah, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they did. That's what they did. They did some they did some Lil Wayne and some Kendrick Lamar and they sound just like them. Do you like karaoke? Yeah, I'm fucking Korean. Are you kidding me? Asians? Like <laughs> I grew up with the freaking karaoke machine in my house. Like, yeah, my best friend growing up was Filipino and I was dude, oh, yeah. much watching that. Yeah, they're huge into that. And my family, too. We had one growing up and I know it'd be singing like all sorts of shit. You know, Aguilera, Britney, whatever it was, you know, that was cool during the time. Yeah. I'm glad you had fun. What's your what's I your sing... go to karaoke song? Usually a Whitney song, but I didn't do any Whitney. Damn. Sing... A Whitney I Houston sing... is your go to karaoke. I like the emotions. <laughs> I sang Under Pressure by Queen and Bowie. I did Dancing on My Own by Robin. I love that song. I'm what in else the corner. Yeah. And Fallen by Alicia Keys. That's a good one. But the good the good singer stole my spotlight because he was like, oh, I like this song in the fall. And I was like, this is my song. You're like, bitch, that's my case. <laughs> I chose it. <laughs> well, yeah. I think what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to have like a karaoke duel round two. I'm, I'm nowhere near as talented as that human being, sadly. I like to think I am, but then I hear it back and I'm like off key and yeah. Oh gosh, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. But well, to get you in a better mood, would you like to hear about a little hero today? I don't want to give away the title because I feel like it will give away what kind of happens. But yes. it's about a pet. And that's all a I'll pet. say. Just one pet? Yes. Yes. But I'll get okay. into it. It's a sweet story. And definitely, like I said, it's not as much of a bummer as my last one. So I kind of wanted to do a little bit more of a lighthearted episode today. So my sources for this story predominantly come from guideposts.org and alaskamagazine.com. So that kind of gives away the location. <laughs> If there's one thing I love, it's being outdoors. I'm sure a lot of people do. And this story I'm about to tell you takes us all the way to the wild frontiers of Alaska. Yeah, I've been there, so it's beautiful. Huge, but gorgeous. So situated approximately 30 miles outside the city of Anchorage sits a stunning and vast landscape featuring glaciers, ice fields, and tons of ocean shoreline known as Chugach State Park. Now, like I said, I've been to Alaska, but I've never been to Chugash myself. I did look it up, though, and the photos are amazing. It, like, I really want to go now. It's You have gorgeous valleys with, like, a river running through and beautiful mountain peaks above, and it looks insanely picturesque. And so it's definitely a place I'd love to visit one day for sure. And not surprising, Chugach State Park typically sees mild summers, Cold winters with temps dipping well below freezing with a decent amount of snowfall, which makes sense. It's Alaska. It's also a fairly short drive outside of Anchorage, which is like one of the largest cities in Alaska, which makes it a very popular and accessible destination for many looking to recreate in the great outdoors. So in June of 2018, one of the many allured by the natural beauty and challenge of the Chugach Mountains was a young and ambitious 21-year-old college student from Tennessee named Amelia Milling. Ooh. Yeah. Cute name. Female. Yes. Yes. 
this is almost like a survivor and hero story rolled into one. You'll see, but it's more of a okay. hero. You see, Amelia had set her sights on conquering a three-day solo hike, which in itself already presents certain risks because she's by herself. And part of her hike would take her through the Crow Pass. So I looked on alltrails.com because anytime I go for a hike, that's like my go-to. And on all trails, it says the Crow Pass Trail starting from Girdwood Trailhead is a little over 22 miles long with over 3,200 feet of elevation gain and is noted to be extremely challenging. Now, although it is a popular trail for backpacking, camping, and hiking, there are times when typically you would find yourself not seeing another person for a while. You still get that solitude, even though it's not that far from Anchorage. And I also looked at the comments from other hikers on the All Trail site, because I never not. It gives you a lot more context when you look at the comments. And many of the comments, mainly from those who have recently hiked the trail, warn others just how strenuous and time-consuming the trail is. I guess the site lists it taking around 10 hours to complete, but many say that average is not correct. And you'd be lucky to complete the trail. You'd be lucky to complete the trail in two days. So yeah, so definitely prepare to camp overnight. I assumed this definitely wasn't a walk in the park by any standard. So it seems like a quite challenging trail that Amelia chose for her solo through hike. Um, Wait, what year was this? 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah. So Amelia had arrived at the trailhead and successfully made it up to the pass on her first day. She was pretty surprised, though, at how much snow there actually was on the ground, given that it was summer. But she could see the lively and green Eagle Valley below and made the subsequent decision to camp for the night. So her plans were to descend down into the valley below on the following day. She sets up camp to basically get the rest that she will need for the following day. And when she wakes up the next morning, the weather is basically perfect. The sun was shining, the skies were clear, and conditions were looking pretty good. So Amelia picks up camp and proceeds with her plans to descend down the pass into the lush green valley below. Four hours go by, and she is still dealing with a fair amount of snow on the ground along with difficult terrain. And due to this, she's relying a bit more on her trekking poles for stability. And as she carefully makes her way, along a part of the trail that has a sloping drop to one side, her trekking pole suddenly snaps. And she, yeah, yeah, not good. Was it because it was so cold? I don't know if it was just the pressure or just the wear and tear. Like, I have no idea, but it basically just snaps. And I have trekking poles that I've used for a while now. And they're, yeah, it's just crazy. Maybe they, I have no idea what, what brand or what type she had. But essentially, she says that the the pole suddenly snaps and she feels herself losing her balance, causing her to tumble down the steep slope below. She travels about 300. This is bad. She travels about 300 feet where she hits a boulder and then continues to tumble. It basically like when she hits the (gasps) boulder, she gets thrown sideways and then travels down another three to 400 feet below. Oh my God. So already (laughs) very bad situation. Right. Fuck. Yeah. That's like one of those situations where like, you know, it's bad. Like you, it's just like, okay, here I go (laughs) and go and go and go. Think about the Golden Gate Bridge. I think it's like 200 feet drop. So just imagine like she's fallen down a substantial amount of the way. So 
Amelia has fallen a total of at least 600 feet down the mountainside. Miraculously, though, she survives. But she's clearly dazed and in a lot of pain. And as if things couldn't get any worse, she catches a glimpse of a white animal approaching and is immediately terrified. (laughs) Amelia sees what appears to be a wolf coming straight towards her. All right. We're going to like now shift. Okay. Okay, So I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger right there. The opposite of a cliffhanger because she already fell off the cliff. Well, she's now got animals coming up to her. So, and she's injured. (laughs) She's injured and bleeding. So it's obviously not the best situation. Okay. Dang. So that very same day in the small ski town of Girdwood, located in Alaska's backcountry, resident Scott Swift was expecting his seven year old white husky to be home anytime soon. His home was the last one on a dirt road at the foot of Crow Pass, and his husky mix Nanook, also fondly known as Nookie, was a common sight in the area. Scott had rescued Nanook years ago, oh, this is cute, as a tiny puppy in a Walmart parking lot. I know. <laughs> there was a rescue group holding an adoption event, and Nanook was the tiniest puppy there. So seeing these adorable puppies was just too much for Scott and his family to resist as they had recently lost two of their beloved dogs to old age. Um, So it almost seemed like the perfect opportunity. His wife, Jennifer, immediately scoops up the little pup, and he recalls it being Snowball White. So they named him Nanook, which is polar bear in Anuktitu, which, by the way, is an Inuit language spoken in the central and eastern Canadian Arctic. So it's like an Inuit language, and it means polar bear, which is super cute. It's a little cute name. Nookie. Yeah. I love the nickname. I know. So Scott noticed pretty soon after rescuing the pup that he was more of a free spirit. Totally sounds like perfect dog for me. Particularly <laughs> particularly when he had tried to fit him with a harness, Nanook wanted no part of it. Instead, Nookie developed a habit of wandering the hills of Crow Pass. From their home porch, Nanook could see the hikers drive by and park at the trailhead. So... One day, the husky was nowhere to be found, and Scott was really worried his dog was lost or had run away. He even put up missing signs all over, desperately trying to find his beloved furry friend. Then he receives a call from Eagle River Nature Center, all the way at the other end of the trail. Nookie was there and waiting to be picked up. Turns out, his dog most likely followed some hikers and just continued along the trail until he got to the nature center. However, this was not just a one-off occurrence. This would become routine. The Nature Center even set up a tie-up station for Nookie, and Scott would make the 126-mile round-trip drive to retrieve his adventurous husky. So this guy routinely would have to drive 126 miles round-trip to go get his dog every time that's insane i would never let him out (laughs) like sorry dude i guess people like told him to put the dog on a leash but he said you know i do it in the winters obviously because it's dangerous and with avalanche and stuff like i don't want the dog to get lost but in the summer he was like i can't do that to him that would just like he's meant to kind of like be a free spirit and like roam around Mm -hmm. so as the day grew to an end on that tuesday in june of 2018 and no call had come in scott was starting to worry a little And that fear grew even more after Wednesday passed with no sign or word of Nanook. Thursday arrives and it had been two worrisome days for Scott since seeing his husky. Then he sees an incoming call on his cell phone. He picks it up 
and it's a lieutenant from the Alaska State Troopers. And he hears the words, do you own a white husky? Scott's heart begins to race and he tenses up (laughs) anticipating that they're about to tell him Nanook's been attacked by a bear or hit by a car. But instead, the lieutenant just says, your dog saved a hiker. All right. (laughs) I cry. I know. Now, going back. So going to that previous Tuesday, 21-year-old college student and hiker Amelia Milling had just tumbled at least 600 feet down a mountainside off Crow Pass and well off the trail. She survives the fall, but is injured and immediately shaken when she notices what appears to be a wolf approaching out of nowhere. The creature does not appear aggressive as it approaches. In fact, its tail is wagging. And as it gets closer, she sees a shiny dog tag hanging around its neck with the words, Crow Pass Guide. It was not a wolf. It was a white husky. A husky whose name read Nanook. (laughs) Amelia was hoping to see another person closely following behind the dog, possibly the dog's owner. But there was nobody else in sight to render help. And by that point, she knew she had to set up camp despite being injured. And to her surprise, Nanook was still by her side the rest of that night. They even shared some beef jerky together. Little treat, I know. Which I was about to say, like, I totally do with my dog because I there's this place near my house that serves amazing beef jerky and I always we always have a little beef jerky together. So I just thought that was cute. The next morning, Amelia woke up and figured the husky had gone on its way. But when she zipped open her tent, she found Nanook still there right outside her tent. He was waiting for her. She didn't let him in the tent. No, I know. I know. Honestly, I kind of <laughs> thought that at first, but like, she's probably like, didn't want to hold the dog hostage either. You know, she was probably just like, oh, you're not my dog. And thinking like, I don't know whose dog you are. Maybe he had to go find his owner. Like she had no idea, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But he was waiting for her. And after picking up camp, the dog trotted ahead and appeared to be leading the way. He managed to get Amelia back onto the trail eventually. And things were starting to look up finally for her about eight miles in they reached eagle river flowing with ice cold water from glacier melt and it was notorious for being a dangerous crossing now amelia had remembered the signs and pamphlets warning hikers of this crossing and to only attempt in the morning hours when the river was at its lowest and at designated points of entry she knew she had to be very careful getting her battered body across the river so she unbuckled the hip and chest straps on her pack And this is basically done so that if you lose your footing and you get swept up, you can basically like lose your pack. Um, So it essentially like decreases your risk of drowning. Um, Because if you have your pack on, what it does is your pack floats and it's on your back, right? So if it's floating, Mm -hmm. now you're face down in the water. And that's how a lot of people actually drown when they're crossing a river. So because their packs are heavy. No, because they have, they're have they wearing their pack. Rule of thumb is to always take your pack off or make sure you're able to get it off if you fall into the water. But why wouldn't they be able to flip over with the pack on and like float on top of it? I, I know it seems like it could be, but because of like how fast the current's floating, your backpack naturally will want to float your pack. And keep in mm-hmm. mind, these are a lot of these people are through hiking. Their packs are not small. They're huge. So trying to flip a huge, heavy 50 pound pack over is like not, is not as easy as yeah. it seems. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. that's what I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Amelia enters the water and can immediately feel the fast moving current and the stinging of the cold. She tries to carefully maneuver across the slippery rocks when suddenly she slips and is carried off 
in the swiftly moving current. Amelia's body is shocked from the intensely cold water and she feverishly fights the river to keep her head above water. As she's being carried down the river, she spots Nanook running alongside chasing after her. For nearly 15 minutes, she fights to swim to shore and keep her head up, but is quickly becoming tired due to the frigid temperatures of the water. She is finally about 10 feet from shore when suddenly Nanook grabs her backpack strap and pulls her to safety. Amelia is incredibly relieved, but is now beginning to shiver uncontrollably. Her survival instincts kick in and she knows she needs to get out of her soaked clothes and warm up inside her sleeping bag. Hypothermia is clearly setting in and Amelia starts to doze in and out, even telling herself that she will try to cross the river again the next day, like hallucinating kind of. This is all interrupted when Nanook begins to continuously lick her face, refusing to let her fall asleep. And this breaks Amelia's delirium for a second. And then she remembers something, her emergency GPS location and communication device. It's a spot device, basically. Prior to her solo hiking trip, Amelia's mother was worried about Amelia hiking such rugged terrain alone. So she had gotten the device to ease her mother's worries and stuffed it into her backpack. At this point, she knew she was in bigger trouble than she wanted to admit. And with Nanook still by her side, she hit the emergency button, which caused an SOS message to go out. A rescue team was immediately deployed to the Eagle River area from Anchorage. That evening, the team had spotted Amelia's campsite and made plans for rescue. When they got to Amelia, she was clearly hypothermic, a bit dazed, and badly bruised. They also noticed a white husky next to her, who they assumed was hers at first. They loaded Amelia and Nanook into the helicopter back to Anchorage. During this time, the rescuers were also advised Amelia was deaf. Wait, she was deaf? <laughs> yeah, you know, and when I was, to be honest with you, I, when I was reading and doing research for this, I felt like a lot of people really focused on it. So I didn't really want to like define her by her deafness when she seems like someone who, you know, understood risk. So in order to communicate to her rescuers the details of what she just went through and what happened, she used a notebook. And this is when she told them that the dog was not hers and that it had actually saved her life, which stunned and surprised the rescuers. And sure enough, when they looked at the dog tag, they saw someone else's name on there and Scott's phone number. So... Of course, once news of Amelia's ordeal and the rogue husky who saved her got out, Scott became inundated with calls from the media and people wanting to know more about his beloved Nanook. One thing he did not expect to happen was additional hikers coming forward claiming Nanook had also saved them. Oh, I know. (laughs) This is the cute part. He had no, by the way, this guy had no idea this entire time that he thought his dog was just going on like these little adventures just to like run around and frolic in the mountains but in reality his dog was literally like helping hikers and guiding them through the pass he's just like made this his whole mission he's like sorry dad i got work it's i know like literally he would yeah he would clock into work every day as a you know guide dog and so essentially scott was in disbelief yeah he had no idea there was more to nookie's adventures than just playing and socializing along the trail and scott began to hear (laughs) personal stories about his heroic dog's actions like for instance a female hiker who essentially fell down and was sliding down towards a gorge and all of a sudden nanook grabbed her and pulled her back up 
saving her from yeah from her basically what would probably be her death or how he also saying i know this is also cute or like one of the workers at the nature center also told scott that hey you know nanook saved a little girl today she got swept down the eagle river which is the same river amelia had fallen in and nanook pulled her out so it was clear nanook was more than a dog out on an adventure he was the crow pass guardian angel (laughs) this is really cute though so soon after nanook was honored with a shining world hero award and two thousand dollars for dog treats (laughs) (laughs) he's like finally you all recognize me (laughs) oh i'm crying (laughs) there are tears coming out of my eyes (laughs) <laughs> he's so cute too you have to see a photo of him he's like the cutest i'm googling him right now he also Nanook became the dog there you go ah! yeah he's cute um, oh my god he's beautiful he also became an honorary member of the alaska state troopers <laughs> and alaska solstice search dogs and scott told alaska magazine i'm just floored by it all i've never taught him a damn thing <laughs> So that's just like naturally, I guess, something that Nanook was just good at. And what makes this kind of even funny is that Nanook was basically a rescued sled dog puppy. And the Crow Pass is actually part of the historic Iditarod network of trails. So the Crow Pass was used a lot back in the day by sled dogs to deliver supplies and goods through the Crow Pass, which kind of like makes it you know, um, a bit special, I guess, and how this like, you know, rescued pup who was not meant for being a sled dog, didn't want a harness, didn't want anything, you know, found a way to help people in his own way. Well, Scott says he now has a GPS location device (laughs) attached to his dog's collar just to keep track of him. (laughs) And despite some people asking, well, why don't you just keep him on a leash? Scott says, Nanook was put on this earth for a reason, and my job is to let him fulfill that mission. (laughs) I know. Oh, oh, Scott. (laughs) I love them. (laughs) I know. And that is my story of Nanook, the hero husky of Crow Pass. I want Nanook to save me. I know. And you guys, this dog was rescued in a Walmart parking lot and ended up literally saving a bunch of people's lives and so you know there's a lot of rescue dogs or sorry there's a lot of not just rescue dogs but there's a lot of animals that are looking for homes that want to be adopted and rescued so you know they who knows they could save your life one day i have a hashtag adopt don't shop yeah yeah i actually know a guy who rescued a dog adopted a dog and it saved him during a house fire he was like fast asleep had no idea the house was on fire and the dog like kept doing whatever to like wake him up and like he finally woke up sadly though the dog did not make it out but him and the rest of his roommates did and so i'm just saying i remember you told me that story i know it's devastating i know so rescue if you can adopt if you can there's a lot of little heroes like nanook i'm sure out there looking for their forever home but you know but i would love to just go to crow pass and like hopefully run into nanook yeah hope hope you can just like pretend you're in oh my god distress and (laughs) 
Like, just kidding. I just wanted to meet you. That's what I would contemplate doing when I would go to the beach when I was a teenager and there was like a hot lifeguard. I'm like, oh, should I pretend that I need to like get rescued or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I was never that desperate that I actually, I, I did once though. I did get rescued by these lifeguards once when I was surfing and it was like dead of winter and I got into a surfing, the waves were huge and I got like hit by my surfboard and I was bleeding and everything. Oof. Yeah. And the thing was, is that the these lifeguards come and of course they're like, you know, not bad looking, young, strapping men. And they want to like lift me up on my arms, but I hadn't shaved my armpits. So <laughs> I was like, they kept like trying to pick me up and I'd like push, like I would like resist and like pull my arms down and they're like, we're gonna we're need we'll need we need to pick you up. We need to get you on the back of this thing. And I'm like, no. And my sister knew that I was embarrassed because I had just told her like not that long before that I hadn't shaved my armpits because it's winter and stuff. And so she like out loud starts laughing and goes, It's cause she hasn't shaved her armpits. And I just was so embarrassed. <laughs> they probably thought that was so silly. I know. Like, I'm like, Bro, a- we're trying to save you. I know, but I'm a teenager, <laughs> you know. Now I wouldn't care. Are you kidding me? I'd be like, whatever, yeah. you know. But, yeah, you know but what? as a teenager, yes, absolutely. So that was, I guess, my survival hero story, just being like totally <laughs> embarrassed after being rescued by a bunch of lifeguards. But well, that was fantastic. I want to meet Nanook. I know. I yeah, this definitely is a lighter story. So I hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Yeah. Okay. We hope you all have a wonderful and happy holiday this week and weekend stay safe so sam do you want to take us out we hope you've been inspired by our tales of well (laughs) this isn't quite a person we hope you we hope you've been inspired by this tale of one extraordinary pup named nanook doing extraordinary things to save the extraordinary and brave and awesome Amelia. And remember, stay safe, because in the end, we're just mortals. Until next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.